0: After a disgusting display on Monday Night Football, our Washington Redskins are 0-3, and I'm starting to think that some of the members on this coaching staff are not coaching to win. This is the Pigpen Podcast. Let's break it down. Drag up that diesel! down to the 40, he's gone, the 35, the 30, the 40, he's gone, he's gone. First down, watching This is the Big Fan Podcast. I am your host denton day at denton underscore day on twitter if this is your first time listening subscribe to the podcast feed on spotify on apple google play stitcher wherever you get your podcasts we are there of course visit our website hogshaven.com become a member over there and jump in on the conversation on all of the wonderful things we have going on over there all right so we are going to uh Break this game down a little bit. We might preview the Giants situation. This might turn into a full-blown rant. I'm not 100% sure. I almost wish I could come on with a little bit of Tupac and changes because that's what the Redskins need a little bit. I don't really have the credentials to use that song, though. So we're not going to do it. But the Redskins lose 31-15 to on Monday Night Football. If you've been a fan of this team for long enough, you know that we don't play w- very well on Monday Night Football at all. It's probably where we play worst. We're not good in primetime. We're not good at Monday Night Football. We're especially bad at Monday Night Football uh, when we're at home, which doesn't seem to add up, but that's just kind of how it is. We lose to the Bears 31-15. to Mitch Trubisky, who had been terrible in the first two games, absolutely picked our defense apart, and we made him look like an all-pro. So that's the third quarterback in a row that we have made look very, very good. Dak Prescott, we can't make fun of him anymore. Uh, Mitch Trubisky can't really make fun of him anymore. And Carson Wentz, who hasn't been good against literally any other team, Decided to do pretty well against our defense. I was a firm believer that our defense is going to be very, very good entering this season, and they have been anything but very, very good so far. So, there are a couple things we need to get into about the game itself. We will touch on the fact that Jay Gruden seemingly doesn't like Dwayne Haskins. We don't really know why, but we know that he doesn't seem to like Dwayne Haskins very much. We will get to that shortly. But here's the thing here's the thing, and you see the title of this podcast. I'm starting to think that some of our coaching staff, uh, they, they're, they'd they're rather be playing golf right now. They're they in a situation where they don't really want to be on the sidelines of of our games, and they don't really want to be coaching the guys that we have on our team. And I think from a talent perspective, we do have a pretty solid roster, but they are not being utilized the way in which they should be being utilized. And there's a play in this game here. There's actually a couple of plays. So we're going to kind of break this down. It's like a A film podcast. That's what we're doing right here. If I could simulcast it and break certain things down on the film, I would. But I don't have that technology or that capability. But we're going to break some things down here because there are two plays in particular that really stick out to me as to why... Um, why they weren't adjusted or why they weren't in one case challenged. We'll start with the challenging thing first, because if you watch the game, you saw the sack that probably should have been a safety, and that doesn't completely flip the game on its head, but it does give the Redskins some early points, and it gives the Redskins a little bit of momentum. But for whatever reason, and I'm not familiar with this rule at all, I have watched a good amount of football in my life. I've spent many days and many nights watching football. I have never been aware of this forward progress sack rule. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I've seen it before where a quarterback is held for about two or three seconds and then they blow the play dead. But I have never seen a quarterback get hit, get driven into the ground in a matter of a second, and they call forward progress where the hit actually happened and not the yard back where he went down, which in this case would have given the Redskins two points. I had never seen that before. And there are people on Twitter saying, actually, that was the right call. Maybe it was. It still seems pretty stupid, though. Like, I feel like that's just not a smart rule in general, and that's not protecting a quarterback in any way. That just seems like a dumb rule. And I would have thought if the Redskins were really trying to win here, if they really thought there was something they could do in this game, I would have expected to see the challenge flag come from the hand of Jay Gruden. We saw the replay. We saw it multiple times. I stand by the decision that I don't think that was the right call, and I think it's a stupid call if it was the right call. But Jay Gruden didn't challenge it at all. And the very next play, the Bears get out of that situation with a nice completion to, I believe it was Allen Robinson, for like a, for, for 12 yards or so, and all of a sudden that situation is completely gone. There's no chance to get a safety on the next play. It is what it is. It's over. We, we lose out on two points, and they just keep the drive going. It made no sense to me that Jerry Gruden didn't challenge that, unless, of course, he didn't really care to challenge it because he wasn't trying to give his team any momentum and he wasn't trying to win. And I know we're, we're hitting really hard on this play in particular, but trust me, I do have some other ones that we will get to. It just didn't make sense to me. I would have anticipated a coach that was trying to win to actively do his best to review that play, to look at that play, and to get his team points. He did not do so. I was furious at the fact that he didn't do so, and ultimately the Bears, um, they continued marching down the field. I don't know if they scored on that drive, but... That We lost two points, essentially. We lost two points, and we didn't really get them back until later. It could have changed a little bit of how the game was called and how the game was played. Still probably wouldn't have won if we got those two points, but hey, you never know. Here is the second play, and this one we're going to go really, really in-depth on because I cannot for the life of me understand what exactly was happening. So backstory here, Taylor Gabriel had three touchdowns. It was a dude that had had a total of three touchdowns in his last 34 games. He decided to show out on Monday Night Football. It seems like uh, specifically against the Redskins, the unsung hero happens to show out a lot on Monday Night Football, and it's never the guy on our team, which is frustrating. But Taylor Gabriel had three touchdowns. He had the one where he beat Josh Norman. That was terrible, but it was also kind of a good catch by him, so good on him for making that catch. But the second touchdown is the one that I have a problem with. Let me paint this picture for you a little bit. This is this is our break. This is our film breakdown right here. If you're listening on the website, I'll do my best to put the actual play uh, on the website. But here, here's what I'm looking at right here. It is first and goal. It's at the one yard line. The Bears operate in a spread. They're an 11 personnel. So they got a running back. They got a tight end. They have Trey Burton, who is the tight end, and Taylor Gabriel lined up to the right side, over top of Burton and Gabriel is Landon Collins and Josh Norman. Now, personally, in a coverage situation like this, I would prefer Monte Nicholson to be the one on coverage because I feel like he is a slightly better cover guy than Landon Collins, but Landon Collins actually did a pretty good job on this play. Nicholson, however, is lined up right in front of uh, Mitch Trubisky. He's, He's dead on right in front of him. In this situation right here, with the spread, you can probably guess that they are going to throw. They, that, that's just the situation that it is. They're a decent running team, but they didn't really do a whole lot of uh, running in, the, in this game, in this situation. You could guess that because of what they were doing and because of what Mitch Trubisky had done the first few games, they were going to try and get him going. They were going to throw this ball. So they do a play action. Mitch Trubisky fakes it, takes it back, and he rolls to his right. And what the Bears are doing is they're running a pick play. So essentially, Taylor Gabriel is trying to pick... Landon Collins to get Trey Burton free on the near corner of the end zone, and it's a pretty easy throw from Mitch Trubisky over to Trey Burton. Taylor Gabriel does that, and Landon Collins, to his credit, plays it fantastically. He does a really great job fighting through the pick, and he kind of cuts the throw off a little bit. The problem was... Josh Norman, I don't know what the hell he was doing. There's one of two things that happened on this: either Josh Norman is a moron, which I don't think is the case. He can't cover as well as he once could, but I don't see him as a dumb football player. Or Greg Minuski made a terrible call here because when Landon Collins fights off that pick and and knocks the th- and kind of uh, stops that one that first read throw from happening, Josh Norman is then in charge of Taylor Gabriel, but for whatever reason. He makes a B-line for Mitch Trubisky. He blitzes. You call a corner blitz at the one-yard line of the goal line. Now, the situation here is either Greg Minuski called a corner blitz or Norman just had a complete and utter lapse of judgment. But I would think if you were going to call a corner blitz, your help over the top is Monte Nicholson. But the problem was Monte Nicholson was lined up about 10 yards to the right of Norman right above Mitch Trubisky. So he cannot come over to make that throw. So what you're doing is you are calling a corner blitz with the help over the top lined up in a terrible situation. Maybe that's on Monte Nicholson, although I don't think it was. It looked like before the play happened that Josh Norman said something to Landon Collins about how he was going to blitz. And then after the play occurred, Landon Collins, you can see this clear as day in the video. He sees the touchdown happen to Gabriel. He sees Norman closer to Mitch Trubisky than he is to Gabriel. And you can he has a visor on. I'm going to channel my inner X-ray vision here. Look through the visor. And just see on Landon Collins' face, looking in the direction of Josh Norman, dude, what are you doing? But here's the problem. This is either it's either on Norman or it's on Minuski. Those are the only two options that I see in this situation. And like I said, I don't see Josh Norman to be a bumbling idiot. I just don't. He may have had a lapse of judgment. Maybe that's what it is. But maybe, just maybe, Greg Minuski actually called a corner blitz at the goal line. Maybe, just maybe, that was his call that he made to try and spice things up on defense. But anyone with a brain would know in that situation, especially utilizing Josh Norman, who is not the fastest corner in the world, you don't blitz on the goal line. I feel like that should be football 101. You don't corner blitz on the goal line on what seems to be a clear passing down. Because it's not like Josh Norman was going to get in there and stop the run if they were to go and run it. As soon as he saw that Trubisky had it, he made the B line. You're blitzing at the one yard line with your cornerback who's supposed to be in coverage of the receiver. It makes no sense unless you are not coaching to win the football game. That's the only way, shape, or form that a play like this would make sense is if you are not coaching to win the game because the score wasn't out of control yet. Had the Redskins made a stop here, they have a lot of momentum in their corner, and they can kind of get this offense moving a little bit because, believe it or not, despite the fact that Case Keenum had a pretty awful game turning the ball over, the passing offense, the passing attack, was actually kind of working a little bit at some points in the game, so if they make a stop here, they have a little bit of momentum. Instead, we do this little corner blitz thing. It's a wide open throw, a one yarder from Gabriel, uh, from Trubisky to Gabriel. They score, and they're up at that point it was three scores because they had had the the haha Clinton Dix touchdown, which was fantastic to watch as a former Redskin safety. That was great. It just didn't make any sense. And it's frustrating because I think that this team should be good, but it seems like Greg Minuski is making calls that hurt the team. And I guess the the ideal situation would be I right, just fire him, get him out of here. But I don't really know who we would have to bring him up. Like firing everybody can't be the solution in week three. That's a that's a, I mean that's a huge overarching issue. It might be the realistic solution, but it's a bad solution to have three weeks into the season that we are so done with everyone. We need to get him out of here. But if you're going to coach to lose, like I don't want to be the Dolphins. I don't. We look at the Dolphins and we think, well, they're trying their best to lose because they are rebuilding. We're not in a situation where we are rebuilding here. Because just on an on-paper standpoint, the talent on this team is is above, or at least flirting with average. I don't know if we want to say above average, but it's at least flirting with average. The Dolphins suck. Like They have no talent here. Their quarterbacks are terrible. Their their receivers aren't great. Their offensive line sucks. Their defense sucks. Everything about that Dolphins team sucks. We are not in that position yet, but we are doing the same thing from a coaching perspective because the Dolphins are not coaching to win. And it seems like in this game on Monday Night Football, we were not coaching to win. We were not prepared for this Bears offense. Jay Gruen said after the game, we did everything we could to try and slow down Khalil Mack. And no, the hell you did not. You didn't. One of the sacks of Khalil Mack had Jeremy Sprinkle lined up over top of Khalil Mack, or I should say, Khalil Mack was over top of Jeremy Sprinkle here. The it was a, it's a it's a clear pass play. Sprinkle at the very least has to jam him, has to tap him a little bit, and then they pulled Vernon Davis, who was then supposed to catch him and allow Keenum to step up in the pocket and make the throw that he needs to make. Jeremy Sprinkle taps Khalil Mack on the shoulder, decides that's not my job does whatever else, he does and blocks a defensive end to double team uh, another guy on the Bears defense, and by the time that Vernon Davis gets past him, Khalil Mack is basically unavaded to Keenum, so Vernon Davis does get a little bit of contact on him, but Khalil Mack brushes that off and sacks Case Keenum. How are we not prepared for this? If there is one dude on this Bears defense that you need to be aware of at all times, it's Khalil Mack. It is 100% Khalil Mack. It is nobody else. And that's not like a surprise or anything, too. Like, we know exactly what Khalil Mack is, but the team was not prepared for that situation. And that 100% falls on the shoulders of Jay Gruden, who we know, over the course of his six years here, doesn't do the greatest job preparing his team to win. They don't do a great job making adjustments, although the passing game, as I said in the second half, was a lot better. But that all falls on the shoulders of Jay Gruden, who seems like he is not a fan of this job anymore. It's a, it's a very strange scenario, but that just is what it is. It seems like he doesn't want to be here anymore. So we mentioned a little bit of that offense. Case Keenum, as I mentioned, not the greatest day in the world for him. Certainly a day to forget. Three interceptions, three fumbles, lost two of them. He did that weird thing on fourth down where he thought he was at the goal line, where about 20 hands were in there. You know, he t- he. T- tips the ball over, and one of the 20 hands says, yeah, nope, we're going to punch that out, and they fumble it there, and that kind of ends the game. There was a a very, very small chance that I thought, maybe, you know, just maybe, we can, uh, we can get something happening here because Trubisky didn't look very good in the second half. We were able to kind of uh, minimize him and not make him look like an all-pro, so that was some sort of a win, and the offense was moving a little bit, but that play right there kind of sealed the game up, and there were a lot of people in this game, including myself for a small uh, bit of time, that we're calling for Dwayne Haskins, like I'm ready to see it. This Keenum thing is not working, at least on this night. Let's see what we can do here with Dwayne Haskins. And the overarching thing was no, like Jay Gruden is not going to put Dwayne Haskins in. He is not prepared yet. He is not ready uh, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. We need to wait this one out. And from an uh, from an under, I can be realistic here. Like I can get the the gist behind that. It does make sense to a certain degree. But what we learned after the game from a lot of different people, really, is that Jay Gruden isn't exactly doing his best to help Dwayne Haskins when it comes to preparing on how to how to be a pro. The preparation that it takes to be a pro, the reps. Uh, we know that Dwayne Haskins, now we should know, I'd say. Um, now I, we should know, I should say. Whew, that was a tongue twister. Uh, but we know Dwayne Haskins isn't exactly getting a lot of reps in practice which is kind of a problem because we know the case Keenum is a very fine quarterback. That's what he is. He's a fine quarterback. He had success in Minnesota, but that's really all the places that he's had success, and he's been in a lot of other places. Not a whole lot of success everywhere else. So he's a fine quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is the clear future, and I'm not saying you need to go 50-50 on the reps here because Keenum is the starter. He needs to, to get a lot more of the reps so he can be prepared in his own right, but Dwayne Haskins should be getting some reps. He should be getting some opportunity to work with the, with the ones here. So in the event that Case Keenum does go out of the game with an injury, Dwayne Haskins has some sort of uh, preparation in the offense to be able to move the football. But Jay Gruden isn't doing that. And I don't, well I do kind of understand it because like I said, I don't really think he wants to be here anymore. But there's a very weird characteristic about Jay Gruden. Because when we brought him in here, he was kind of supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. And to his defense, he did get a couple good years out of Kirk Cousins. But it's also, it should be noted, that a lot of Kirk Cousins' best years came with Sean McVay. And that just is what it is. Sean McVay has proven to actually be some form of quarterback whisperer. He got a lot of good out of Jared Goff, who is probably not as good as the numbers would suggest. He's certainly not as good as that contract that he got. But over his tenure here in Washington, it really seems like Jay Gruden, the quarterback whisperer, doesn't like any of the quarterbacks that we have here. He wasn't a big fan of Robert Griffin when he took over, and that kind of explains itself. There are a lot of reasons why Robert Griffin should not have been the starting quarterback after that knee injury, uh, and that one sort of makes sense. It seemed like he wanted to go with Kirk Cousins a little bit. Then he really liked Colt McCoy and that weird benching uh, starting situation at the end of Griffin's tenure here. He decided to go with Kirk Cousins. It seemed like he liked him for a little bit, and then he stopped liking Kirk Cousins. We don't really know why. Maybe it had something to do with a contract situation. Don't really know a whole lot about that. We know that he likes Colt McCoy. Maybe he's just a really big Alex Smith fan, although Alex Smith didn't have a great grasp of the offense when he was playing. But now he doesn't like Dwayne Haskins either. So the quarterback whisperer, who has been with this team for six years— and he's only been with this team for six years because he is that quarterback whisperer, doesn't seem to like any of the quarterbacks that we have had. And that's either A, the Redskins do a terrible job picking their quarterbacks, which I don't think is 100% the case because some of the guys that we've had over his time have actually been kind of good, or B, Jay Gruden just gives up too quickly on quarterbacks, or in the Haskins situation, he just doesn't like him. For whatever the case may be, he just does not like Dwayne Haskins. And we know that he wanted Montez Sweat at 15. He was a big football guy. All the football people wanted Sweat at 15. And they got him at 26. They did. So I don't understand this idea of now Jay Gruden is still kind of taking this out on Dwayne Haskins. But it seems like that's what he's doing. This is the best way I can kind of describe this here. I I spend probably too much time on the internet. And every time I see this picture, I chuckle a little bit. And I'm sure if you've ever been on the internet or just like funny things, you've seen this picture as well. It's an elderly couple. The woman is standing on a scale, and behind her, her husband is putting his foot on the scale to kind of mess with her a little bit. It's like your weight's a little off a little bit. I'm adding a couple pounds on here. And it's funny, right? I see that picture. I chuckle every single time. It's cute. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's great. Well, I feel like Jay Gruden is doing that with Dwayne Haskins, except it's not cute. It's not funny or heartwarming. In fact, it is Royally annoying it is absolute it makes no sense at all that he would be doing this but it seems like he is doing his absolute best through this point in the season of not having Dwayne Haskins ready to play and like I said I don't think you can just fire everyone now Jay Gruden seems to think that he is not coaching week to week I think that's nonsense I do I think in in the back of his mind he's knowing that he is coaching week to week I just don't think he cares that much because maybe that Raiders offensive coordinator spot isn't that bad. You know, a nice little family reunion on the other side of the country, or I guess they'll be moving in Vegas, but still, on the other side of the country, maybe that's the job he's looking for after this Redskins stuff doesn't work out because it is not going to work out. There are still, I don't understand this, but there are still people that defend Jay Gruden to the core. It makes no sense. He, is, he has proved nothing. He has really proved nothing. He has one winning season, I guess two technically. They went 8-7 and one one year he's made it to the playoffs once he has one division title two winning seasons it's not he's not the guy he's not he shouldn't have gotten a contract extension it was stupid that he did and now we're kind of paying the price for it the alex smith injury does suck and maybe that this team would look completely different with alex smith under the helm under center with the, with another year in this offense but that's not what the case is right now we have the guy who is going to be the, the leader of this team hopefully moving forward and you're not doing your best to help him be a pro you're making fun of him for not being a pro but you are not offering a solution to help him get better to help him get more reps to help him learn how to prepare as a pro and maybe Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum could have a better relationship I know that he wasn't really near him a lot Dwayne Haskins was on the sideline when Keenum was going through all this turmoil and that could have been something that Dwayne Haskins needed to see to help him become a pro but Jay Gruen does have to kind of take a little bit of this on his shoulders and as we get closer to this week with Danny Dimes and the New York Giants, there are going to be some issues. If Daniel Jones and the Giants blow the Redskins out, the coaching staff is not going to look the same on Monday morning. It just won't. The dynamic of this organization, obviously, we know needs to change. We've been talking about it for years. We will continue to talk about it until it does. From the top down, this organization needs to change. Dan Snyder is not the best guy at his job, but technically you can't force him out because he has a lot of money, and that's how that works. Bruce Allen sucks at his job. He is terrible. He is actually could be the worst guy. Like we made fun of Dave Gettleman for a, for a little bit. Uh, Bruce Allen is probably worse than Dave Gettleman. The team is is terrible. Nobody shows up to the games. It's, it's something that needs to, to change from the top down. Will it? I don't know, but Bruce Allen needs to go and that's why I'm kind of scared of firing everybody if we're being honest here because firing everybody now we'd have a lot of interim guys and hopefully KOC would take over as interim head coach and he could uh, be the one to transition Dwayne Haskins into that starting role and that would be great but at a certain point we would need to bring other guys in and the guys in charge of hiring those other guys would be Bruce Allen who has shown no no talent at all in terms of bringing guys into this organization. He sucks at his job in just about every single facet. Maybe he's just a really great money man. I don't really know. I know his last name looks really great because of George Allen, and that's cool. But at this point, it should be very clear to Dan Snyder that Bruce Allen needs to go. He is almost directly responsible for a lot of the shortcomings over the past 10 years since he's been here, and he has suffered absolutely nothing because of it. He is now the Ernie Grunfeld of the Redskins. What Ernie Grunfeld was to the Wizards is what Bruce Allen is, and it is a terrible spot to be in. I digress. With the Giants coming in here, though, if Daniel Jones torches the Redskins' defense, that will be the third week in a row that a quarterback who we make fun of on a regular basis because we make fun of Dak Prescott on a regular basis for asking for $40 million, although it does kind of look like he's going to get it. We made fun of Mitch Trubisky because we just don't think Mitch Trubisky is that good. And nobody was made fun of more this offseason than the Giants because of drafting Daniel Jones. Hence, Daniel Jones was made fun of quite a bit because we all thought that Dwayne Haskins was going to be better. And to a certain extent, I still do think Dwayne Haskins can be better. But if, if Daniel Jones comes in here and torches us, we're doomed. We're doomed. I mean, we really are. Our The playoffs are, are not a, a realistic um, thing for the Redskins anymore. They may not have been even realistic as by week one. I mean, we, just, we weren't a playoff team. We had a talented roster, but we weren't that talented. We weren't a playoff team. But if we drop 0-4 and then go play the Patriots, we're 0-5. And we are the Dolphins. Like, all of a sudden, this game that we have coming up later on this season against the Dolphins is going to give me a lot of anxiety because I almost think the Dolphins could beat us based on what I've seen so far. Because the coaching staff isn't coaching to win, because we don't have our guy who is supposed to be the quarterback moving forward in playing quarterback after Case Keenum had one of the worst days of his career, we are the Dolphins. We are the Dolphins of the NFC, except we're not supposed to be doing this on purpose. We're doing this because we have a bunch of idiots on the sideline who don't seem to want to win. So I'm all for firing everybody. I still think it's so early to do so, but if that's what needs to be done, it needs to be done. And if KOC is the guy that's going to take Dwayne Haskins and make him better and take him to the next level, I am all for it. I have a certain guy in mind that I would like to take over to head coaching spot, and we will get to that later on in the season when that becomes a more realistic possibility. Um, but he's, he's in college right now. He's done a lot of really good things with quarterbacks. In his time in college, so maybe, 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 just maybe, Dan Snyder opens up the pocketbook for Lincoln Riley here in a few weeks. That would be my my number one guy to replace uh, Jay Gruden as head coach. But that is something that we will get to uh, a whole lot later. But that's just the general gist of things. I'm not happy. Monday sucked. It was a bad day because of what they did. Uh, But that is what it is. I'd love to know your thoughts. Tweet at me at Denton underscore day on what you think of this coaching staff, what you think needs to change with this organization and this roster. I'd love to know your thoughts. You can also comment down below uh, if you're listening to this on hogshaven.com. Until then, I will see you guys after the Giants game, hopefully with our first win of the season. But at this point, who really knows? I'm out. Deuces.